Welcome to the Fans Ed Sports Talk Podcast, hosted by Mike and Nessick. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at the Fans Edge and our Facebook group at the Fans Edge Sports Talk. We will be doing live shows at Quick Takes and posting them on our social media platforms. Please like and subscribe our podcast and videos so you can get the latest episodes right away. We are recording on Sunday and episodes will be available every Monday morning. Today we will be be discussing the Fury versus Wilder fight, XFL Week 3, college football spring practices, and more. Uh, I want to start off by talking about a lot of the entertainers that are being murdered at a young age. Uh, We just lost Pop Smoke, want to send my condolences to his family, to anyone who was a big fan of his and that's hurting by this tragic situation. But you got Pop Smoke, uh, the rapper XXX, also Nipsey Hussle. I mean, the list goes on, even if you want to go from back in the day and talk about Biggie and Pac and... I mean, I'm just going to speak in a general uh, in a general way about this, but try to also uh, talk about the pot smoke. What I do know from the pot smoke is reading what I have read in detail is it seemed like it was a setup. It seemed like the people knew what they were doing, and it sounded like he was directly targeted and no one else because it sounded like there were other people in the house who just did not end up getting hurt or anything happened to them. So it's like they hit pop smoke and then got out the house. Um, A lot of these rappers and, you know, pop smoke, uh, this happened out in, what was this, L.A., right? That's it. Yeah, it was in L.A. Yeah, and he's from New York. Uh, Word is, is he went out there, no security, just him and a friend or a brother, and they're just hanging out in L.A. Um, and, and this is the thing. Knowing about entertainers, you're supposed to be out there, you know, if it's business, it's business. But a lot of them like to go out, drink, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's also nothing wrong with, you know, if you want to, you know, meeting a young lady or anything like that. But what we keep hearing and seeing is, is someone set did a setup or and things like that. And if you're going to be smoking, drinking, doing whatever, and you're not just fully focused on business, you need to have some type of security around you, someone who is looking for the things that you aren't able to look for. Because right now, you making all of this money, you have to protect your investment. Your investment being yourself, uh, your family is riding on your investment, your kids is riding on you as their investment. And I mean, I'm not, you know, saying this out here to like everybody's using you, but if this is your job and what you're doing, you are now putting yourself in a position to where you're taking care of your family and this is what they are counting on, you know? And to sit here and say, I mean, God's just going out here with security. We already saw Nipsey Hussle was in his own neighborhood without security. And his security guard uh, wishes that he was there 
maybe something could have been done different, but they always catch these guys when they slip in and they buy themselves. And you just cannot be out here by yourself, not even in your own neighborhood. Right. It's it's just tragic how this just continues to happen and how it has happened from back in Biggie's day and Tupac's day to now. Just envy and greed is just so such powerful but horrible emotions. Biggie and I mean Pop Smoke, it was a setup for me, it seems like. Nobody else in the house got, they came through like the back door or window or something and came out the front. You gotta watch who you surround yourself with. Right. Sounds like a setup. And people or entertainers, for some some reason these days feel like it's too like it's not the thing to have security but like you said you got to protect your investment which is you and your brand and your family and your lineage and all that so how is it not tough to have security to protect yourself protect the ones around you I don't, I've never understood it right Right. I, I mean, it is, like you said, it's really just an unfortunate situation. And, you know, I, I hope that th- these type of things can stop. But if you're making money and you're in the public eye, just know that you have a target on your back. Uh, anybody that might be listening to this who might be coming into some fortune or working their way up to being something, just know you start making money. You're going to have haters. Those, and as my man said, let the, uh, Cat Williams said, let the haters be your motivators. See how much more you can get. But also, um, make sure that you have the proper protection and the proper security. And a lot of people just be like, oh, it's my homeboy. They got it. No, your homeboy trying to look for the same girls, trying to do the same exact thing you doing, trying to live his lifestyle to your lifestyle. You need to get you some security. Now, I, I want to talk about uh, one of our top stories uh, going in, talking about some. This, this is just, I say, the idiot of the, of the, of the week. We're just going to call it uh, dumbest thing that I have heard in a long time. Greg Robinson, the Cleveland Browns left tackle, got caught with 157 pounds of marijuana not only did he have that he had mason jars with a can selling machine and a scale there were two other individuals in the car one of them being former auburn wide receiver and uh indian and former indianapolis coach wide receiver Quan bray and both of these guys and the, oh the other guy the other guy I'm hearing that it was an Uber driver, but this guy is not facing any jail time. He got ended up getting off scot-free, which tells me he let the police officers know everything that they needed to know. Um, these two guys could end up facing up to 20 years federal time. I do not agree that anybody should be facing that amount of time over marijuana. That's that's my, my stance on it. I ain't going to go into much details on that, but 
marijuana, I don't believe anybody should be facing anywhere near 20 years when I'm I'm hearing about rapists getting out in 10 on parole and all of this crap. No, I'm not cool with that. But anyways, yeah, man, what do you think about this? This is just, I know the guy was making at least $5 million. And instead of you protecting Baker Mayfield and him, this man been running all over the field all season long, you know, you're not worried about that. You worried about the offseason so you can get the 157 pounds of marijuana. <laughs> what? Obviously, he obviously the side hustle is more profitable than his NFL career. I guess. I don't, Heck no. Nah. <laughs> but you know, this, like you said, idiot of the week. Uh, another situation where you just gotta watch who you hang out with, watch who you surround yourself with. Obviously, if he's in the off season, if he's trying to transport marijuana. Obviously, he's hanging around some people that's having some type of bad influence on his life, and he paid the price. He may have done it tons of times, but like like they always say, it only takes one time to get caught. Right. And, and you know, you hear about, you know, entertainers and people that get up to this, this uh, status, and they do these things on the side, but I've never heard of them just being in the car. <laughs> like, you normally have your mans, you know, driving you know driving the work or something like that and my thing is you telling me the people that he was hanging around with nobody said hey i got this for you i don't think that you should be like that, that that's another one protecting your investment why would you allow your friend who's making five million dollars to ride around in a suv of 157 pounds of marijuana It, it just, to me, it makes it, no sense. It had to have been getting a cut or something. <laughs> oh, no. I what, they, they get to sit at home and not put no work in? <laughs> and, and getting a cut, too? Hey, Mike Vick had a, had a whole house for his friends that didn't do nothing. Yeah, but, see, it was his friend who was driving to work that didn't know how to keep his mouth shut that led back to the house, like... At least the friend was driving, or it wasn't even his friend. I think I want to say it was Mike's Vic cousin. Mike Vic cousin got pulled over and told the police, Yeah, I'm Mike Vic cousin. I stay at so and so. If he ain't say none of that stuff and he ain't say that he was Mike Vic cousin or give them the house and he had to just kept his mouth shut, called up Vic, said, Hey, I need a lawyer. That's in this in the conversation. They probably would have never been at Vic's house. Right. And, and like you said, you gotta watch who you. My bad. Go ahead. No, like you said, you gotta watch who you hang around. Cause everybody want to say that they from the streets, they did this and all of that stuff. But when the going get tough, what really happens? Everybody out here singing like a canary. So, it, I mean, it is what it is. Just, just idiocy, man. I mean, even if you weren't going to, let's say, you know, he wasn't going to play with the Browns again, you would have had a chance to get with another NFL team. I mean, now you'll, you'll probably never get to play in there. If you spend at least five to ten years, you're probably never going to end up seeing the NFL, XFL, anything again. 
Yeah, going into our next story, my man LeBron James sounds off about the MLB commissioner and what's going on in baseball. If you don't know what's going on in baseball, um, your world champions, uh, World Series champions have been found out that they have cheated. And LeBron James sound off about it. And in him sounding off, he made sure that no one could sit here and tell him, hey, stick to your sport or anything like that. Because we know that people like to tell him, hey, stick to doing nothing but hoops. That's all you are. But I'm just going to go ahead and read what he said off. He uh, that he posted, um, I think, what was it on? Either on Instagram or Twitter, one of the two. He said, listen. I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports, and I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be effing irate. I mean, like, uncontrollable about what I would slash could do. Listen here, baseball commissioner. Listen to your players speaking today and how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken, etc. about this. Literally, the ball is in your court, or should I say field. You need to fix this for the sake of sports. Hashtag, just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie regardless. So that was me quoting LeBron James and what he had to say on what's going on in the MLB. And I 100% agree with, with LeBron on this, man. If I found out that I was cheated out of a title, uh, that ain't their title. That's my title. Flat out. Percent correct. Uh, but growing up, I played baseball, so I understand that cheating in baseball has existed pretty much since baseball itself has been created. Right. I mean, you got players out there spiking each other, stealing signs, is which what is which what the Astros did. They just did it a different way. They doctor balls. They even cork bats from time to time. And a couple of the players, you know, they love their juice. They be out there juiced up. <laughs> right. But I don't I don't condone it. I know it goes on. Base, people that watch baseball, people that play baseball, understand baseball, it goes on 24-7. It, every game is just about whether you get caught or not. They got caught. They I got caught. I don't condone it. I would feel cheated as well. That is my championship. So they're not the Houston Astros no more. They're the Houston Asterix. <laughs> I agree, man. I mean, this is this is my thing is, as the commissioner, what do you do to protect the integrity of your league? You know, because people bet on it, on this type of stuff. As well, could this end up hurting MLB's money? Could this end up hurting their viewership? When you don't uh, uh, protect the integrity of the league, I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL has had to do so many other things to get people back in the stands, to get viewership back up. And, I mean, they're, they're still working on that as well because it's not what, what it used to be, flat out. And literally – like the the Patriots, always every time they're winning, some scandal always come out. And I've always said, how do you protect the integrity of the NFL? And that's why you got so many people, like, to be honest, 
I wasn't that interested in NFL. Not as interested in NFL as I used to be because my thing is they don't protect the integrity of the league. Period. So I I think that the commissioner, I mean, something, the only way to stop this and to make sure that things like this don't happen is to come down hard, set an example. You know, don't let it get to the Patriots level of multiple times and multiple times with just slaps on the wrist. I agree also. He has to do something. What? I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know what you can do to a team. I mean, their manager was already fired. They've already replaced him. So I guess you can strip yeah, him the, off it. Just like the Patriots. They was like, okay, we'll fire the equipment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. A slap on the wrist. Uh, we, we replace a manager who, like, I mean, that, that, it doesn't deter anybody because all this is saying, like, hey, is either one, don't get caught, or two, I, that's just a little small fine that we can afford. All right, going into college football, the NCAA gets it wrong again, man. Uh, the NCAA continues to deny transfer appeals for some kids with sick and dying family members. I know you all remember us getting into this topic uh, a while back during the football season or like right before the football season. And um, the Georgia transfer, uh, Luke Ford, who has denied his uh, appeal for immediate eligibility at another school who wanted to play in front of his ill grandfather to see him uh, play, passed away uh, on the 18th of this month. And, I mean, NCAA, it proves again why you got it wrong. Um, maybe Justin Fields had had an argument. I know that some civil rights activists got involved, and I would say that they pressured the NCAA into the Justin Fields one. But like the Tate Martell, just because the coach is gone, now he gets immediate eligibility. I mean, we're talking family members over over what <laughs> again? I mean, NCAA has to change this uh, immediate eligibility. And if they're going to hold this uh, weight against – if they're going to hold this weight against players – they need to do the same thing for coaches. If a coach is going to transfer or go over to another Power 5 school, then, bam, they need to sit out for a year or have to submit a form to the NCAA on why they should be able to go and coach right away. I mean, let, let's be fair to the kids. I mean, ultimately, it is the kids who allow and put the money in, in the pockets of the NCAA and allow them to be be able to be a, a multi-billion dollar company. Very true. It's sad. I, I hate this is the second second time I've heard about something of this instance, the NCAA not granting someone their transfer appeal because who knows why, but they, like you said, Justin Fields got immediate eligibility. Tate Martell got immediate eligibility. 
but for some reason, these kids who have family members that are ill, have brain trauma, brain tumors, things like that, that want to move and be closer to home and be closer to them, can't get immediate eligibility. And that is a really bad look. It just, I mean, we already know the NCAA doesn't care about the athletes from how they do them with not giving them any money or and taking all the profits from their sweat equity. So really all this is doing is showing us that they don't really care that much. Exactly, man. The NCAA, I mean, they, they, they just have their hands in way too much stuff that, that I don't think that they should have their their hands involved in, especially when it comes to family. I mean, they they told another player, um, I believe, what, did he went to Virginia Tech or something like that or wanted to go to Virginia Tech, and his, his mom um, has cancer or is is fighting an illness, but because she was still working, they said that, oh, he can't transfer or he won't get immediate eligibility all because she's working. People, I mean, we let's not even get into the healthcare talk of how much it is. Like, of course somebody is going to have to still work even though they're sick. Yeah, you got to provide for your family no matter what. And, and for yourself, I mean, how is this lady supposed to eat? I don't want to hear anybody talk about disability checks, so don't get don't get me started on that because that takes a long process for people to even get, and sometimes they don't even get them. So don't even get me started on that one. So maybe one I mean, day they'll get it together. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully soon. And they start taking some money away from them, then they get it together. That's the only way. You know, maybe maybe they're, they're going to have to do something because the XFL said that they was coming for, uh, you know, the, the freshman and sophomore college players. And if I can go do that, get a little money in my pocket to help my mom out or help my family out or make it in a way that they can come see me when they're sick, then this is that's what you're going to end up having to do. Those are the players that the NCAA is going to end up pushing out of the of the uh, college out of the college world. Those are the players that you're going to push out because people aren't going to deal with the transfer portal anymore. Why would I deal with the transfer portal when the XFL is calling me and telling me that, hey, they're going to give me some money? Very true. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a dude in the XFL right now who wasn't, he wasn't eligible to play at, I'm pretty sure it was like West Virginia. So he decided to go to the XFL. Now he in the XFL. Look at it. See, he made a, a big play in the game he was in the other day too. So, see, I'm telling you, it's, it's only and let the XFL keep growing. It's only gonna get worse. Let's let's go ahead and uh, we got spring football is right around the corner. A lot of y'all, you know, we don't football is just gonna be never ever ending for us. You know, we got spring football with the XFL, and then your teams will be starting their spring practices coming up either at the end of this week or beginning of next week. And and with some of these teams, be, be staying tuned because we're going to end up bringing some guests on the show. Uh, I'm going to surprise you with it. I'm not going to let you all know. 
I know a lot of you all, uh, let's just say, I know a lot of you are uh, Miami fans, Gator fans, LSU fans, Arkansas fans. Be looking for us to have some people on the show who know what they're talking about, who cover the team uh, 24-7. We're definitely going to bring those people on them on this show. So make sure that you're staying tuned. Uh, Arkansas is going to be starting their camp March 11th. Uh, a lot of people and a lot of Razorbacks are starting to get excited about this team and about what this coaching staff is, is starting to become. There's a lot of rumblings going on in the state of Arkansas. And even the ones that have started off being negative are starting to turn out positive. So uh, Arkansas camp starts March 11th. Be looking for that. Alabama camp starts March 16th. Auburn starts um, March 16th. Auburn is going to be a team I'm telling you all to watch for. Uh, they might get their second victory in a row against Bama. Just be looking for that. Uh, Florida, their camp starts March 16th as well. Uh, that's another team that I definitely think that you all should be watching for uh, as a come-up team especially in the SEC East. Uh, Ohio State camp starts March 6th. Uh, Penn State, I have not been able to find a date on when their camp starts, so, but we will be coming to you uh, whenever they have their spring game or before their spring game, and we'll let you know about that. LSU camp starts March 7th. Uh, same thing with Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know about their when their spring practices are starting. And to be honest, I'll tell you this. Penn State probably already started their spring practice, and that's why they have not let us know. Because I want to say last year they gave an itinerary of when spring practices were starting. This year they have not. Um, Clemson, they start in February 26th. Uh, (laughs) They're getting an early start. The U, Miami Hurricanes, they're starting February 29th. And Oklahoma has not officially put theirs out there, but I'm guessing – that is going to be March 9th because last year it was around uh, March 7th. And I know that Lincoln Riley is already on record saying that they were going to get some some work in before the kids go on spring break, which I believe is March 14th. So if they start on March 9th, that, that will be a whole week right before they go on spring break. And then they'll come back on spring break for sure and get to work, I'm 100% sure of. And then we got Oregon, their uh, spring practices starts March 5th. Now, Essie, I have a question. Which team are you looking forward to hearing about the most, other than your Gators? Other than my Gators, I will have to go ahead and say I am looking forward to hearing about Arkansas. Mm, And why is that? Not I mean, only. I know you live in Arkansas, and so tell me, tell me. I mean, I know you're not an Arkansas fan, but I, I know you live in Arkansas. I am not an Arkansas fan, but that does not mean I don't like Arkansas. I've, <laughs> I've grown up here. I'm from here. Been here my whole life, so I know personally how much it would mean to the Arkansas fans just to see the Razorbacks become relevant again. And I would just love to see that because a lot of my friends 
from back home are Arkansas fans. And I go back home and I have nobody to talk crap to because you can't talk crap to Arkansas. That's like, <laughs> that's beating a dead horse. So, <laughs> so I have nobody to really talk crap to. So that's another reason why I'm, well, about to come I want for them you. to succeed. <laughs> that's why I want them to succeed. Also, I I want to see Felipe shine. Can he do it at Arkansas? No. Hopefully so. <laughs> Hopefully so. Who knows with Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse, uh, a, a pretty good offensive line they should have. Who knows? But that's the team I got. I'm looking forward to hearing from Arkansas. Man, uh, all right. So the team that I'm looking forward to is actually Oklahoma. I'm very interested to see what their defense is going to do second year under Alex Grinch. I'm also very excited about being able to watch Spencer Rattler play at Oklahoma. I mean, this guy, to be honest, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I thought, and I've seen a lot of Oklahoma fans, there's Oklahoma fans listening to this right now. I know a lot of you all were like, hey, why don't we throw Spencer out there? over Jalen Hurts, but this kid has the arm. I know. I know that he can move in the pocket. and I'm just very interested to see what Lincoln Riley is going to be able to do. Lincoln Riley didn't go to the NFL like a lot of people thought that he might. He stayed right there at Oklahoma, and I'm just very interested to see what this Oklahoma team can do. Um, I know Texas is creeping. But I really think this Oklahoma team is going to be even more legit than what they were last year as well. All right, let's talk about the NFL. NFL Combine is here. Yes, the NFL Combine started today. We got off the field testing uh, started today with the tight ends, quarterbacks, and wide receivers. Uh, You will have the same thing come Monday with – your place kickers, special teams, offensive linemen, and running backs. Tuesday will be defensive line and linebackers. And Wednesday, we will have defensive backs only. Uh, You're on the field testing. Uh, Make sure that you're catching all the coverage. We'll start on Thursday for the tight ends, QBs, wide receivers, Following that on Friday will be the place kickers, special team, offensive linemen, and running backs. Saturday, uh, your D-lines and linebackers. And then all day Sunday, we have defensive backs. And that will cap. So you have from Sunday to Sunday, I think the only way to actually watch this stuff, you know, the NFL will be pushing their ratings on the NFL network. So if you got a Roku, Apple TV, Anything that you can get like the NFL app on, I think that's how you'll be able to, or the NFL network, that's how you'll be able to um, watch it. Like I was, you know, promoting YouTube TV last week, letting y'all know, I don't believe the NFL network is on YouTube TV yet. I'm 100% sure that they will end up working some contract negotiations in there where they'll get that um, in the next year or so. But there we go. Uh, anything you want to say about the NFL Combine? Anything that you're looking forward to? 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how a couple guys do at the combine. I mean, of course, you know, I got my I think it's what six, seven, eight gators in the combine, of course. I'm looking to see what they do, but I'm also looking to see what a few it's a few guys out there that I would like for my Colts to draft. So I'm also looking at them. Like uh Javon Kinlaw, a defensive tackle from South Carolina, six six, three ten. Uh of course, my boy Van Jefferson, wide receiver, University of Florida, six one, one ninety seven. I also got KJ Hill from the Ohio State University. <laughs> Six foot, one ninety two. Um, I got Jason Strawbridge, a defensive lineman from uh, University of North Carolina, six four two sixty seven. And then there is probably the person I want the coast to draft second most. The one I want the most is Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. If we can't get him, I would like Bradley. Uh, Bradley Anai, Anai, however you say his name, the the edge from Utah, 6'3", 257. The boy is nice. What he did in the senior bowl, I liked it. I, I'm just excited about what could go down at the draft. Also, how could I forget? I want to see how Joe Burrow do. Yeah, um, that's that's what I'm more interested in in the combine is seeing how these quarterbacks are going to do. This is supposed to be one of the deepest quarterback drafts that we've had in a long time. And I know some teams can definitely use it. You know, they were talking about, uh, what's his name, Jameis Winston, possibly moving on from Jameis Winston. So I know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be looking for one. Uh, As we talked before, Oakland Raiders, there's a lot of teams that could be looking to have a quarterback come in and, sit and learn, and also possibly push for some playing time as well. So I'm really interested to see on what these quarterbacks are going to do this season. Um, I'm always interested in seeing the 40-yard dash, see who's going to be our our fastest running backs, uh, wide receivers, uh, DBs, and linebackers. And also, can't forget about the defensive ends because – they're always showing some defensive end pops out and comes and runs some crazy 40. So I definitely will be looking uh, for that. And also, make sure that you're following us because uh, we will be posting our quick takes on all of our social media platforms. So the quick takes will come out this week. I promise you that. Uh, now enough for the NFL. Going into boxing. Fury versus Wilder. Oh, my goodness, man. Fury wins, basically, I say by TKO. Uh, Wilder's uh, camp went ahead, threw out the towel. Uh, Wilder said he really wished that he could go out on his on his shield because he's a warrior. But I'm glad that somebody threw in the towel for him because my man, his brain was being cooked like uh, like scrambled eggs. My man, uh, Fury was going to work. He really was showing his footwork and his boxing technique and this was just a fight that wilder i was kind of pissed because one thing that i have always said about wilder i didn't feel like he took his preparation for fight serious enough because after all of these years there's no way that your footwork should be as sloppy as it is uh should have been cleaned up and to not always worry 
about or count on your haymakers as your power. You need to be able to get power out of smaller punches and different punches, and that's just something that Wilder has not incorporated into his game. In this fight, and I, he should have known by it being a draw the last fight and the way that my man Fury got up like the Undertaker last fight, he should have known that it was going to take more than just some knockout blows to beat Fury. I mean, Wilder just, I mean, I mean, I know that Wilder from the fight, he has 30 days to decide if there's going to be a trilogy to the fight. Uh, I know there's no reason to have this fight anytime soon, but Wilder got to get technical and he got to, he got to work on some things, man. That, that right there was just sad. Very sad. Very, very sad. I was, I I I'm I'm not gonna lie. I got a little upset watching the fight, seeing him just perform just the way he did. From from the jump, he looked like he was scared or something was wrong because he kept he kept moving back. He wasn't applying any pressure to Fury, so I could tell something wasn't right. And then also you could tell he just kept looking for that 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 knockout right of his. Right. Every time looking for it, and I'm like, you gotta set that up with something first, bro. <laughs> like, I understand you got power, big fella, but you gotta set it up. Some people know how to take hits, that's the thing. And I mean, Wilder even said in his uh post fight press conference, he was like, I was battling some things, I think he hinted towards a leg injury. But I'm sorry, man, big fella, I can't give you no excuses. This is the big one of the biggest fights of your career, if not the biggest fight of your career. Uh, a lot of money riding on this fight as well. And you just not, you know, I mean, I really not trying to look for no excuses or I'm not going to give him any excuses for the performance that he put on. Now, I'm not trying to take away anything that Wilder has done in the past. Not at all. I'm talking about this fight only because Wilder has had some amazing finishes and some amazing fights. But like I've said, I've always been wondering when that one fight was going to catch him because he wasn't technical enough. And this was it. It was it. Man, I... After that third round, <laughs> when, Fury, when Fury hit Wilder with that muscle relaxer, told him to sit down real quick. <laughs> Boy. Oh, it was over. Wilder looked like he was out on his feet for the rest of the fight. Bro, the memes, if you haven't seen any of the memes of the Wilder fight, bruh, they <laughs> they out there. They are out there, and they are hilarious. But, yeah, I, I'm glad that they threw in the fight. And then, to be honest, he just going to have to realize that it was more of protecting him. That's another thing. Like I said, well, you got people that care about you, you protect your investment. And that's exactly, exactly what what happened in this fight. The trainer protected his investment because he knew that if his fighter kept going, that there's a potential that he might not be able to fight again. I like, I like, I like him saying that he wanted to go out on his shield because that just tells you so much about his character and his right. drive and his motivation. But at the same time, you got people in your corner that don't don't want to see you ever have to go through something like that. Right. 
especially when you sitting there just getting just I did not think you're gonna maul Wilder the way he did. Bro, he definitely had a concussion in that fight. For sure. It was it was a very strange fight. I didn't expect anything, especially the the Tyson Fury licking. When that happened, I didn't know if I was watching the Tyson Fury fight or if I was watching the beginning scene from Blade. I was, I was just I about was, to say that. I was so confused. Well, why he licked that man? I was like, oh my goodness, is this the white Mike Tyson right here? <laughs> man, definitely, definitely uh, crazy. Um, I guess Fury, he knew he had it, man, and he... He tasted his victory, is I, I guess that's what he gonna say. <laughs> yeah, man, All right, you can't, can't, you can't take nothing away from Fury. He did, he nah. did show up looking prepared and ready for the fight, and did what he said he was gonna his do. His foot, his footwork was nice. His boxer technique was nice, and I mean, he, I mean, this is why they say like, no, you can't just hop in a ring with boxers. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to hop in the ring with a boxer, you got to know how to box. Because Wilder didn't look like he knew he had any business in that ring. Because he just got straight. I'll work. I'll technique. I'll everything. All right, moving on to the XFL. Uh, we're going to start off with the Houston Roughnecks versus your Tampa Bay Vipers. You hear I did not call them the Browns this week because they looked better. I got another team to call the Browns. We'll get into that later. But Houston won 34-27. to 27. My man, P.J. Walker, he is the passing leader of the XFL through the three weeks. He has 748 yard passing yards. And, I mean, the man is a beast. also want to put out he has the top receiving leader in the XFL through three weeks, and Cam Phillips. Cam Phillips went off again. I want to say last week Cam Phillips had three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns this week, almost 200 yards with eight receptions. Uh, You can expect Cam Phillips, somebody from the NFL, will be ringing his line uh, this offseason. So I wouldn't expect to see Cam Phillips back in the XFL next year. Enjoy him while you can. Um, like I said, the Tampa Bay Vipers looked a whole lot better. Um, the quarterback did. He threw another interception. But his his completion rate was uh, 52, 16 to 31, uh, almost 200 yards. I still think Quentin Flowers is the guy. Quentin Flowers was four of six. And like I said, Quentin Flowers be making plays, man. Uh, when he when he running the ball, he's averaging almost five yards a carry. He scored a touchdown off of running the ball as well. Um, I, I don't know what the coach – I think that the Tampa Bay Vipers could have had possibly – this was the game that they could have won. But they need a playmaker, and that playmaker is Quentin Flowers. But you don't use him enough. Very true. Uh, this was this was an exciting game. I was very torn, very torn, because you know PJ, former Colt, Tampa right. Bay, Tampa Bay. That's my team. Tampa Bay did look a lot better. I I liked a lot of the things I saw out out there. Um, 
Flowers needs to be the quarterback. The offense just looks so much better with him at quarterback. It just looks smoother. Exciting. Yeah, exciting. Out there throwing bombs, out there running options. Like, I like it. And the tempo was up. It was just a real good game. Uh, The scheme should be, like, fit around him. Got to make this game towards the playmakers, man. Yeah, that's one thing. You can't force someone to be a playmaker. Some people just have that God-given ability, and some people just don't, you know? But speaking of God-given ability, all I got to say is P.J. Walker for XFL MVP. Bruh. I would say, I would say I'm, I'm jumping on the hype train, but it ain't no hype. Nah, bro. The, the, he the do guy, it week in and week show out. Up in ball. He Bruh. show up in ball. It, it's no longer just PJ. It's, it's big play PJ from here on out. <laughs> Say we call him big play PJ. Big play PJ. I mean. What he did out there today was very Russell Wilson-esque. Yeah. Yeah, what he did Saturday. I mean. Even even when the ball was snapped high and he lost it, it was basically a fumble. He picks it up, turns the other way, and scores a touchdown out of it. He turned a play that probably should have been for a sack or negative yards or anything and it turns it into a touchdown. I mean, the guy, like I keep telling y'all each week, somehow he's supposed to be going down, supposed to take a sack. He does something crazy. And my man ends up with 306 yards on the day, uh, 24 for 36, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, the man is killing it, always has a high QB rating every game. And, I mean, you just you just can't stop the man. Uh, Houston just looks like, you know, they're, they're taking off. They're the only undefeated team in the XFL right now. Everybody else. Uh, has at least one loss. Um, and we do still have some teams like the Vipers that are 0-3. But I do think that Tampa Bay will turn it around before this new team that y'all about to hear me call the Browns uh, coming up. Uh, next game that I want to talk about is the Dallas Renegades versus the Seattle Dragons. Uh, Larry Jones, he did throw two interceptions in this game. But he's looking like he can be the Dallas Renegades quarterback. Uh, For completions, he went 30 for uh, 41. That's a 73 completion percentage, 274 yards. If he can stop the turnovers, uh, stop the interceptions, I think this guy can possibly play his way back into the NFL. Uh, The Seattle Seattle Dragons. they just could not seem to get anything going offensively. Uh, I don't know whether it was just the Dallas Renegades defense is that good or Seattle just didn't have an answer, but Seattle has to do better uh, in the run game, has to do better in the pass game. I mean, they they lost and they only threw one interception, but the team that won threw two interceptions. I mean – you got to capitalize off of those mistakes, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't really get a good chance to watch that game, being busy at work. 
But I saw a couple clips, so I did see the interceptions, though. That was about all I saw. <laughs> yeah. All right, next game we're gonna get into the New York Browns. I, I know you know y'all used to hear Cleveland Browns, but no, no, I'm calling. They really are the New York Guardians. Um, they lost. What was the score? Twenty nine to nine against the St. Louis Battlehawks. And to be honest, the St. Louis Battlehawks, they look like a serious contender. Uh, they were making plays. Not just on the um, offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, and in special teams. We got to see our first XFL kickoff return touchdown today. I mean, I was excited. Went for 84 yards. They used the lateral. And if you know any, if you don't know anything about the XFL rules, let me let you know. The kicker has to is on the uh, is on the 30, on the opposing 30. The players are on the 30 and 35-yard line, so they're only five yards apart. They cannot move until the return man catches the ball. They can Nobody can move until the return man catches the ball. Bam, then they can move. Man, they hit this lateral, and dude was just going up the sidelines. They did have to come back with the replay. And I love the replay because we got to hear them play with the little Xbox remote and see them play with the Xbox remote, go back, go forward, confirm, and then let them and watch how they confirm and everything and talk to the other referee down on the field. I, that It's just so exciting. Uh, XFL to me. I love it. I think the NFL, uh, they might they might need to watch out because if we get some more teams in here and this just continues to pick up like it like it is, I think we we really have something here. You know? I could I could totally see them expanding. I, I've said it before and I stick by it. If things continue on the path that they're on, XFL would they would be stupid not to expand. But, right. Yeah, like you said, St. Louis. Did it in all three phases of the game. With that, that kick return was nice. I liked it. They tried to say he stepped out at the end, but he was in there. Their defense had that bend but don't break mentality. Mm-hmm. They, they only gave up uh, what one one touchdown and a field goal, so they had it. In there. And then yeah, the St. Louis is who has that that defensive back that wasn't eligible to play at West Virginia. So he decided to be in the XFL, and he came mm. out with one of the one of the best interceptions I've seen in a in a minute. Kind of like stuck out there, stuck his hand out there, pinned it to his helmet, almost went to the ground, hit the stumble recovery, and took off. Yeah, his name is Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson, yeah, yeah, he's a safety. Yeah, that's who that that's who that is. I mean, like I said, let the NCAA keep playing with these boys. These boys ain't playing; they will bounce. <laughs> and uh, I also want to talk about my man. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Tamu. He is second in the league in passing with six hundred and twelve yards, and he just continues to show that he's a beast. He he can do this. He can play. Now they this is a team, St. Louis Battlehawks. I like to say that. They they like to run a balanced type offense, passing and running the ball. Um, I want to say that they probably did more running the ball this game, but 
when you're going up against the New York Browns, I mean, that that's what you do, you know? Uh, I mean, my guy only had 18 attempts. He had 12 completions, no touchdowns. But, I mean, they got a touchdown, uh, two of them off of running the ball, and, like I said, one of them on special teams. So that's all they, they really had to do. They really didn't have to do much. Uh, McGloin for the New York Guardians, he did keep his mouth shut this game and didn't talk bad about the team, but he did have to come out with a rib injury, which sidelined him for the rest of the game. And, I mean, he still threw another interception. So he really never had any, any reason to talk, period. But there's another reason why he shouldn't be talking. Uh, going into the next game. Whoa, my, whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa. One second, one second, one second. Can I please give my man, Matt Jones, some shine? 15 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown, six yards per carry for the Battle Hawks. If you had to guess which school Matt Jones went to, what school would you guess, Mike? I mean, the way you you uh, stop me from moving to the next team, it got to be Florida. <laughs> you got to right. be. <laughs> you are right. He is from the everything school, UF University of Florida. You can't say everything, man. You What about your basketball team? Hey, hey. hey <laughs> we going to make the tournament at least. So I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not fine with that. But we going to be in the tournament. All right, man. All right, moving on. My D.C. Defenders finally took their first loss, and their first loss was not pretty at all. They lost 9-39, to and, I mean, it just looked like they could not get anything going. Uh, what they should have had done was they should have ran the ball a lot more because uh, the Los Angeles Wildcats, I don't believe, really could – hang with them in the running game. I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five backs that averaged five yards per carry. And you throw in the ball, Cardell Jones probably had his uh, his worst outing as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback, I should say. Um, So his winning streak that he had that was going on is now over. My man threw four interceptions. That is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And guess what? A couple of them was from him throwing the ball downfield. I don't know if he just wasn't reading the coverages right, if there was some uh, miscommunication um, with the wide receivers or what it is. I might have to go back and watch the film on that. But it is what it is. Normally, they're the ones that's beating teams by double digits. They got a taste of their own medicine. Uh, shout out to the L.A. Wildcats for finally getting uh, their first win. Their uh, quarterback was out there looking solid, threw no interceptions, had three touchdowns, 278 yards. Um, they The running backs really didn't do anything. They just got a lot of things done through the air and on defense by capitalizing on those turnovers that continuously – Plague the DC defenders over and over. Yeah, I I don't know what it was out there. I, I don't know if the yeah, like you said, I don't know if he wasn't reading the coverages or if the coverages was just confusing him. 
But it just wasn't a good day for Gardell out there. He did make he did make a couple good throws and did make a couple good scrambles. But right. overall on the day for him and the team, it was a really bad showing. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, my DC defenders can can get better. I do want to say this XFL is going up. One thing that I didn't say is the New York Guardians in that St. Louis Battle Hogs game was also getting so frustrated that they had multiple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties after the play. And another thing, they could not hear the communications uh, of what was going on in their headphones. Why? Because the St. Louis Battlehawks crowd was so loud that the quarterbacks couldn't hear anything. It was hard for them to change plays. All of that. And, I mean, that just goes to show you St. Louis was not ready to lose a football team. You know what? Their their Rams are now gone to L.A. And this this right here to me just shows you that the XFL is really about to take off. And you should rally around it. If they're in a city near you, close to you, go check them out. I'm planning on going to make a trip. It might not be able to be see my D.C. defenders, but I will catch one of these games. Most definitely. I would I would definitely take a trip to go see one of these games. All right, man. That that's gonna do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Fans Edge. If you like if you liked our podcast today, make and you would like to join our show, go to our anchor page. Feel free to leave us a voice message and we will put you on the next show. And you could talk about whether it's something you want to talk about on the next show, anything. We will put you on the next show and we will talk about it. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Fans Edge and join our Facebook discussion at The Fans Edge Sports Talk. Peace. We out.